Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Today's topic is the impact of oral health on our overall health and how the mouth acts as a window to the rest of the body. I'm so very excited about today's show because my special guest is Dr. Ryan Nolan. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Dr. Ryan Nolan is a dental material scientist who is among the nation's leading clinicians on studying cutting-edge preventative oral care. Ryan approaches dental health from a comprehensive standpoint, advocating for early intervention, proper diet, custom hygiene regimens, and risk factor testing to address problems before they arise. Today, he continues to innovate dental materials and hygiene regimens and discover new ways to improve oral health. Ryan, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So, Ryan... In the world now, there is so much research and information being mm-hmm. uh, talked about the microbiome. And so I wanted to have you on today so you could talk to us about the oral microbiome and how <laughs> our oral health affects our entire health. So sure. where do you think we should start? So, okay, well... I think a good place to start, if you're, especially if you're going to talk about systemic health, right, so overall health, is probably periodontal disease. And the reason why I say that is, is because I, I basically, when I talk to colleagues, uh, I say, look, periodontal disease is the diabetes of the mouth. It affects the rest of the body. It's one of the few diseases that you can use as a template for basically a comparison to diabetes. Because diabetes affects everything in your whole body, right? Your healing capacity, the way your organs function, uh, everything, right? And periodontal disease isn't isn't far off. I mean, people who um, have periodontal disease are going to be um, far more likely to have uh, um, preterm birth. Uh, they're more likely to have increased chance of atherosclerosis, which is hardening the arteries, and we know that causes heart attacks. Um, they're five times more likely to be to develop risk of Alzheimer's disease. So we know this disease is multifactorial, but we also know it has systemic implications, right? And that really is, in a way, it's it's interesting, right? Because a lot of the bacteria which are involved in the processes for development of it, they can go other places in the body, right? And so that's why you see a lot of these, you know, issues with people who have, um, you know, it's, it's funny because you see these people that come into your chair. I'm a dentist, and you'll see them, uh, uh, and you see their their the state of their teeth, their bone health, or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, I guarantee you, this this guy has a heart problem. 
And lo and behold, you look at their medical history and it's like, yep, he has a heart problem. Why am I not surprised? Right? So the, the point is, is, is a lot of these things are being more well established by the day. Um, you know, risk for heart disease and things like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's, if it crops up, just in just regular dental care. So you have to you have to start actually looking for for these kind of things before you before you even start the exam, right? And I think that's that's one of the bigger things I would start with for sure. So you said periodontal disease leads mm-hmm. to more cardiovascular disease and you said five times risk of Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, current, currently, uh, there's a study done recently basically suggesting that people who have periodontal disease are five times more likely to develop Alzheimer's. Yeah. And so, can you talk about what are some of the signs and symptoms of periodontal disease for our listeners out there? Absolutely. So, I mean, really what it, what it comes down to is... Um, these junctural epithelium. So I'm pretty sure you're probably familiar with this since you know all about the gut. But um, you know when when your the way your gut works is there's there's these junctural epithelium that control the input and output of food um, getting into your blood supply. Um, so periodontal disease is the destruction of the bone, but also the destruction of the tissue. So um, it is basically a means by which if if you're um, an individual where you just start you start seeing um, basically loss of gum tissue and bone in between your teeth um, and you know your teeth can get loose and and the gums are, are you know more likely to bleed meaning those junctional epithelium are not happy um, and you know that's a that's a, a major facet too because if you start looking at um, those junctional barriers that kind of keep everything out of the blood supply, um, when they break down in periodontal disease from all the bacterial, uh, you know, bacteria, uh, you know, creating those issues, it, it ends up uh, allowing them to get into the bloodstream, and that's and that's part of the the parcel of of why periodontal disease isn't just one type of disease, right? It's multiple. It can be a multiple, um, you know, systemic onset. If that makes sense. So then, for the listeners out there, is the first sign of periodontal disease bleeding of the gums like when you brush your teeth or floss yes so gingivitis is is actually like the precursor stages for um for perio and so so gingivitis is is essentially just bleeding gums right so if you have bleeding gums something's wrong the the point the point is is um i always tell patients you know i have patients oh hey you know i brush but it still bleeds and i go that's not right something's not right there you should be asking yourself this question. Are my gums supposed to bleed when I brush or floss? The answer is no. So that's the start of it. And it's definitely a sign that you have some some peri, uh, potentially periodontal disease, but definitely gingivitis. And gingivitis is the precursor to perio. And then so we get this little bit of bleeding that mm-hmm. allows the bacteria to get into the bloodstream and then Correct. go through the body. And Correct. I, I do see a lot of... Um, Alzheimer's and dementia patients and mm-hmm. and there is vast evidence of how these uh, bacteria in the mouth uh, will be found on autopsy in Alzheimer's brains. Multiple yes. infections are usually found in an Alzheimer's brain. Yeah, it's usually spirochetes actually. Uh, oral spirochete DNA is usually what they find in, the, in those samples. Um, and those are the most motile, meaning they're the most... Um, 
they, they tend to be able to move around very, very good, like very, very well. But those are the ones you don't want. They cause all sorts of disease processes. And then also Porphyromonas gingivalis. <laughs> P. gingivalis may as well be like a bomb. I mean, that that, yeah. that particular bacteria is involved in pretty much every you know, pathogenic process you can think of. I think, I think Dr. Carey, I think the thing you, uh, you know, your listeners could remember is, is like each, each body system is really designed to take a certain amount of stress. Right. And if you think about it, like from that perspective, you're introducing these bacteria that really never should have had a home and a place that was never designed to have them. I think that's probably the best way to think about it. And so, um, for all of us, for the listeners out there, you brush your teeth this morning, I hope, and then you spit out your toothpaste or whatever, and then did you see any blood? So just to be more aware and cognizant about that, yeah. because that one simple thing affects pretty much everything in your body. Yep. It's the first domino, that's for sure. And then I, I see a lot of patients with underlying gut infections you know there's a lot of mm-hmm. like i was saying a lot of research going on on the microbiome particularly the gut microbiome for sure and so i think you said that the mouth is the gatekeeper to the gut it is so can yeah you talk about that sure so there's there's two potential um paths i mean i i i could argue on the first one but basically like the, like i was saying if if you have bleeding gums um you know, you're going to get bacteria from the mouth translocating to other places. One one of those places is the gut. The reason why the gut is so important is because the gut is the distribution center for the body. It's like the Amazon of the body, right? It's shipping, you know, nutrients in and out. Um, so we don't want bad players there, right? Because they can start manipulating. Um, the other thing is, is you swallow every four seconds. Um, I'm not necessarily convinced that just because... Uh, you know, if you're if you're swallowing bacteria, in theory, the, st- the acid in your stomach should kill it. Right. I'm not convinced that that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, these things are super resistant. So the 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 bacteria in your mouth form biofilms, and they have these um, EPS layers. So it's like a slime layer that protects them from all sorts of external harm. Which is the reason why you know um, they're a thousand times more resistant to antibiotics than regular you know planktonic bacteria. Um, and so, you know, if you're swallowing and, and you're not taking care of the bacteria in your mouth, meaning like you're not keeping them below a threshold level, um, you can saturate your gut that way too. And, and it's funny because, um, the one bacteria that's involved in, in, uh, decay, S-mutans, it loves sugar, sucrose particularly. And it's funny because when you see these things in the gut, um, you know, reports have been said basically saying, hey, it's possible these things can manipulate your endocrine system in your gut to make you crave more sugar because guess what? They live on it. And if they can't get it, they die. So they, they, they're just really, really clever organisms. They're, they're and built for they, survival. They're built for survival and they will do what they got to do to to get what they need. And so it's funny because... Now we're starting to talk about something really interesting, which is bacteria manipulating your body for them. I mean, it's it's just nuts, right? Like, you really sit down and think about that for a second. It's like, wait, what? The stuff in my mouth is 
making me eat more. I don't know. The point is, is it, it's it's new science. It's exploratory. But yeah, we're we're seeing um, we're seeing these connections to the gut, and you got to remember the gut is actually just downstream of the mouth, right? And so it's the it's really uh, we're just discussing the first domino of many dominoes that can affect the rest of your body. And so I'm so glad that you mentioned the cravings. I I think you're right about that. That the the more research that's done, that we will see um, more evidence that these microorganisms secrete mm-hmm. um, chemicals. Yep. To help them survive, and if that is part of triggering us to eat more sugar and carbs and whatnot, that that's part mm-hmm. of it. I mean, I do, I do a ton of stool testing on patients. Mm-hmm. And very often, you know, nine times out of 10, a stool test comes back with something significant that needs to be treated, at least in my office it does. Mm-hmm. And um, and then as we go through treatment, you know, and the gut infections are eradicated, a lot of times patients will say, oh, you know what? I don't have those cravings anymore like mm-hmm. I used to. Interesting. Really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say, right? Um, you know, my suspicion, although this isn't really my area of research, so I'm kind of taking a dive here, but my suspicion is it might have to do with um, some of the fatty acids that get released into the gut. I, I think that, um, you know, certain bacteria, there's a main subset of fatty acids that they release. Um, I've looked into it a little, but again, it's it's just exploratory science at this point. But I, w- I would suspect if I had to put my money on something, it would probably be that that's probably how they're doing it but it's it's hard to say at this point okay so ryan getting back to uh bleeding gums periodontal disease Mm -hmm. um biofilms is there a test that dentists can do to see if we have biofilm in the mouth yeah so the biofilm really what you're testing for in the mouth is you're testing for the um, like the various kind of um, pathogens that, that could be there, right? And so uh, Oral DNA is actually a company in New York. They offer, um, they're not the only company, but they offer a slew of different tests, everything from uh, uh, Carrie's Risk Test, which has the three top organisms that cause decay. And then they also have uh, periodontal spectrum testing. They have candida testing. So depending on what you think your patient is at risk for, and you got to remember, it's uh, usually a patient. I say usually because most of the time this is the case. You land on a spectrum. Either you're going to have decay or you're going to have periodontal disease, right? Um, and so your risk for, for one or the other, they're kind of like inverse to each other, usually. usually don't see a lot of decay in perio patients and vice versa. You don't see a lot of perio in, in patients that typically get decay. Um, but yeah, so what it does is you can actually, as a, you know, a doc, you can actually get these tests and they come in a little test kit. Um, and they, it's, it's just a, uh, a rinse that you can have your patients spit into. And within a couple of days, you can get an exact profile of where they're at and if they're at or below threshold levels, you know? So for example, you know, I, I tested myself, you know, the first time and it's funny because I had a lot of, um, Fusonucleatum bacteria, um, which is indicative of perio, uh, but I was right below the threshold level, and it's funny because um, perio runs in my family, but I don't have any. I don't have you know exhi- exhibition of uh, you know bone loss or early signs of gum disease or anything like that. 
But it just goes to show, right, that if you have the proper diet, have the proper hygiene, you can keep things at a threshold level such that you don't exhibit or develop disease. But I still know deep down, shoot, I really got to get that particular bacteria under control before I test again, right? Um, and so that's that's what you have to look at because the more information, and I'm sure you'll agree, diagnostics is key. If you are able to identify what's what's causing the problem, you can make you can make better decisions, especially the earlier that you can ide- oh, identify sure. these things. Well, for and that's sure. really true preventative medicine. Oh, but yeah, definitely, definitely. So that sounds like a fairly simple test to do. It's very simple. And yep. then uh, you get the test re- report back. And then mm-hmm. um, is that something that you typically prescribe like an oral antibiotic rinse? Um, so, so I actually developed um, with some of my colleagues uh, kind of a new a new rinse. Um, so we've been we've been trialing that. Um, you know, there there are a couple options on the market. Uh, you know, as far as what you can do, um, I I tend to veer away from antibiotics, and the reason why is um, I'm just I'm not even gonna lie, they scare the shit out of me. Every time I look in the news, in the papers, uh, you know, even even in the literature. A lot of it is like, hey, look, you know what? All these organisms, now they're antibiotic resistant. Hey, this one guy in the hospital, he died because he none of the antibiotics worked. And it turns out, you know, it, it happened because this bacteria gave this resistance to this one and it got out of whack. And it's So I think antibiotics are great. I think they should be used correctly. And I think we've had a long um, period of abuse of antibiotics, frankly. Um but in the mouth, especially the oral microbiome, uh, antibiotics are not the correct, um, in my opinion, not the correct method to uh, address biofilm issues. I, I can't tell you how many times I tried um, areas where there is perio or chronic pockets or whatever, and you put your clindamycin or tetracycline or whatever powder in there, never works. I've never had it work once, not a single time. So the point is, is antibiotics in the mouth, not a good idea in my opinion. Um, so what, what, what do we do? We basically, um, made a rinse, um, and, and we're really thinking about it like, you know, what, what does saliva do? Saliva has got a bunch of, um, methods to kill bacteria. So it's got to have an antibacterial mechanism. It balances the pH. So it actually starts to clear bacteria and breaks up the, the biofilm. Um, and it basically, um, you know, has a saturation of calcium and phosphate. And so those are the three most important things um, that we wanted to take into account, right? And so um, we developed a nanosilver rinse, and it is very cool. We made a plant-based nanosilver, which took a couple of years to develop. Um, And it is very, very, very good at um, getting into the biofilm and resetting the pH to a higher pH, so an alkaline pH, in a much quicker time frame um, than, than saliva can do it. I mean, saliva clearance sometimes for some individuals can take up to three or four hours before they're rebalanced, and that's about the time it takes in between meals. So it's just a disaster for some of these high-risk patients because it's like their, their system is under a lot more stress, and so they can't, uh, they can't bounce back as fast, and then they come back to you you know, six, three, six months later, and it's like, 
holy crap, they have four more cavities. Like, what am I going to do? Like, what do I tell that patient? You know? So, yeah. So, so whenever I look at reducing or looking at threshold levels of bacteria, um, I try and, I try and really focus on what agent I want to use first. And it's typically an antibacterial agent. Um, but you know, like I said, for my research, I, I particularly research nanotechnology and I think we're going to have some really, really big breakthroughs here, uh, as far as implementing that, um, in a fashion such that we can, um, you know, target disease more efficiently or disease mechanisms, right? And Ryan, is your nano silver rinse, is that available to the public or is that only by prescription through a dentist? So, uh, so lucky for everybody. Yeah, it is available to the public. Um, so we're selling on Amazon right now and, and we're building out our website. So yeah, it's pretty new stuff. Um, it, it's going to be one of those things, um, whereby, yeah, everyone should be able to get it. That was one of the big things for us when we developed it is we, we didn't, we didn't think having this as a prescription made sense because if, if, we already know people aren't going to their dentist, right? Why, why create an additional barrier entry um, so someone can't get it, right? So, I, yeah, I, that's it, it should be available. Um, it's in the U.S. right now, and we're, we're planning on expanding to Canada soon, actually. So hopefully hopefully we can get it over to you. Fantastic. And what's the name of your nano silver rinse? So it's actually the, the name is Elementa. So um, it's actually an Elementa nano silver. But, yeah, so... Um, it's, uh, it's, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's going to be available soon and, and, uh, it's elementasilver.com. That's, I'm sorry. I was trying to remember that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So you're talking about your, um, kind of personal family history of periodontal disease in your family. Mm-hmm. And so you're trying as hard as you can to take good care of your, absolutely yourself. Mm-hmm. And you said, Two big things, proper diet and proper hygiene. Yep. So yeah, can yeah. you, we don't have a whole lot of time left, but sure. can you expand on those two? Absolutely. So proper diet is absolutely critical. I mean, if you don't have a proper diet, um, and, you know, I always say this, you know, without sounding really crude, but you're screwed if you don't have a proper diet. Because the, the problem is, is if you look at all the, the things in our modern diet right now, they're frankenfoods. They're not real food. Um, your body was never designed to have access to unlimited carbohydrates at any given time. It just that doesn't make sense. If you, if you look at nature, nature uh, is very sparing in in those types of things. And so, um, you know, the reason why, in my opinion, a lot of the uh, initial reason why microbiomes get out of balance is because of people's diet. If you're eating a clean diet, if you're eating a lot of plant-based foods natural foods. Um, you know, personally, I, I still, I know I eat meat, I eat dairy or whatever, but, um, you know, look at the intake that you're having, look at the kind of meat that you're eating. Is it clean? You know, is it grass fed? Is, is, is the, you know, the quality there? The point is, is a lot about diet will influence your risk for inflammation. And we know inflammation is the common thread for, for all the chronic diseases. So, um, any chance that you can get to reduce that infl- inflammation and, and how your body responds to things reduces your likelihood and threshold for disease. Um, proper hygiene, I mean, think about it, right? You know, your, the biofilm in your mouth, the plaque in your mouth, it builds up. And so, you know, 
especially with what we're eating these days, you know, it builds up a lot faster. It gets, it's, it's an organism essentially. It's, it's very efficient and, you know, being able to remove that and keep those levels under control is absolutely critical as well. So I would actually say diet's probably the number one thing. You know, uh, I, I have these people that come in and they, they have these plant-based diets and, and lo and behold, they don't have any disease. Like, it's like, oh, like, hey, the one guy who's eating leafy greens every day and, uh, you know, not eating candy has a perfect example. Why am I not surprised, right? And so then, um, Ryan, since I, since I have you on, do you know <laughs> much about um, oil pulling? Uh, I know a little. I'm not as uh, you know familiar with it. I know some of the effects that oil pulling has. Um, I can. I, I don't know if you had a follow up question to that, but I can. I can probably do a little narration on my thoughts. So my question is just: Is oil pulling something that we should be doing on a regular basis? Would that be helpful for us to help our oral health and then for our systemic health too? Look, I think. I think that here's the thing. At the end of the day, if I can get anyone to rinse with, you know, anything, I'm pretty happy. Anything that gets you excited about your hygiene is great. Okay, so that's the number one thing to take home from this. Um, so, so coconut oil is interesting because it's been studied a lot for the antibacterial properties that it has. I think some companies take it a little too far and say, oh, you know, it's it's going to do this, it's going to cure this, it's going to make your teeth whiter. I mean, I think, you know, that's a bit of a stretch. Um, the, the problem I have with coconut oil is not that I don't think that it, you know, works for your gums and, and probably reduces the um, bacterial count in your mouth. So that's, that's obviously a good thing. Um, it's the compliance, right? So, I mean, I think, you know, I have trouble getting people to switch with stuff for 30 seconds and, and the recommended time for oil pulling is, is 30 minutes. I will say this: I have had patients that have tried it. Um, so I've done I've done it a couple of times. I haven't really like you know done the full you know two weeks or whatever. But uh, I have had patients that oil pull, and you know these these patients they tend to really care about their oral health and their gums look great. So listen, it's, it probably works in terms of um, you know reducing a lot of the uh, um, you know some of the bacteria in your mouth. But um, if you can do it for thirty minutes, God bless you. I can't. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I think it's definitely something that if if you're willing to do, yeah, go ahead and do it. Why so not? oil oil pulling is not going to hurt. Absolutely not. No, okay. there's no. Yeah, no. I know there's some crazy Harvard thing where I, or someone came out and said that MCT or whatever coconut oil is like the devil, and I'm like, yeah, right. You've been arrested, man. Um, but yeah, no, no, yeah, it it, it won't hurt you. So Ryan, is there? Anything else that we haven't talked about that you think is important for our listeners to know about this topic? Um, I think I think really, and I, I kind of hammer this in in you know with my patients too. It it really comes down to this idea of threshold, right? So you, you don't think don't think for a second that you know um, you can just slack on your hygiene or you know your diet, right? Because Every system is affected, and I think that's really why, um, you know, I, I kind of, I like the idea of integrating medicine with dentistry because I think if you if you look at it from a functional point of view, every system's connected, you know. So if, if you have issues in your mouth, you're going to have issues in your body. And so, um, like, like you said in the beginning of the interview, it is the window to the rest of the body. Um, 
you know, I, I think the thing is for, for me, when I talk to people, I, I, I really stress the importance of, um, I would say this, I mean, I, I personally feel and I get very frustrated when I see patients and, um, you know, a lot of the disease is very preventable. Um, and, you know, the thing is, is if, if you're taking care of your mouth and you have a good hygiene regimen and, and you know, your diet's clean, you're, you're just going to be an overall healthy person. And I think that's just worth reiterating. And Ryan, how can our listeners find out more about you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm pretty uh, active on Instagram. So I'm actually, uh, my Instagram tag is at Ryan Nolan DMD. And my website, like I, I mentioned earlier, is elementasilver.com. It's currently under construction. So forgive us for any spelling mistakes that might be on there right now. Um, but yeah, so that's that's where we're at. We're also we also sell on the Amazon, and we're looking to expand, um, especially like I said, Canada. You'll probably be one of our first stops. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that's that's me. Ryan, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has been an awesome interview. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate your time. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Ryan Nolan. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Kiri Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Kerry Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Kerry is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Kerry is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next next week with more from Dr. Carey.